We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pod Mavericks Presents After Dark. You're joined by Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe about 20 minutes after the Dallas Mavericks fell to the San Antonio Spurs, 138-117. to Josh, how are you? I'm doing good. Having a pretty nice little, pretty nice little Sunday. Uh, feel like we're just doing this... <laughs> Had an obligation. We were kind of like the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> yes. God. So that I, was pretty funny. I, uh, so, you know, it's Easter Sunday, obviously. Um, my family's not particularly religious. Did some, uh, you know, Easter bunny things. Child has hopped up on candy. Uh, definitely driving my wife and I up a wall. We're, we're watching the game and the Mavericks. And, and I don't know if you caught much of the first quarter, but at one point the score was 33 yeah. to nine with when you remove Frank Nilakina's positive contributions, uh, the score was 33 to three. Um, and I just, I got the feeling that the Mavericks were going to make a little bit of a run and they did because Jaden Hardy had a 17 point second quarter along with Davis Bertans. And then the the second half was just kind of a back and forth affair between two teams just looking to make it through the game. Yeah, and except the Spurs like made still made all their shots. Oh, they eventually just really pulled it away. Funny. It yeah. was like the last three minutes of the third quarter. So one third one thirty eight to one seventeen. The loss locks the Dallas Mavericks. And, and interestingly enough. Um, People with with brains will will understand that the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder won, and then the Chicago Bulls also won. But the, yeah, and the the Chicago Bulls also beat the Pistons, who've won like one time since uh, since the season began. Basically, they finished the season seventeen and sixty five, which locks the Mavs into a thirty eight and forty four record. That 38 and 44 record, unless I am not able to read things correctly, firmly puts the Dallas Mavericks as the 10th worst team in the league. Is that right? It is. They are locked into 10. So what that means is the Mavericks top 10 draft pick is 
uh, excuse me, top 10 protected draft pick when the NBA lottery occurs on May 16th, they stand an 80% chance of staying in that top 10, which was the whole point of this charade. And while I think we could maybe talk a little bit about the game, I, I don't really like there's all like there's next to nothing to say about it. And so I think to a degree now we, we should maybe revisit the last two days of uh, the moral panic that 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 <laughs> seemed to um, just ensnare like like everybody had a thought that the oh, the Dallas I, I, I to this day, I still don't I mean, day it's a day later. I don't understand what happened on Saturday. What was going on? I, I don't know. I don't know why. I think my theory is that a lot of people that aren't us and that aren't uh, full-time Mavericks media people or Mavericks fans just, you know, they're not like, this is the dirty secret. Like not everyone watches all the games. Like mm. we watch the Mavericks. Like we cannot tell you that we are experts on the Timberwolves or the Clippers like we do, you know we watch some other games but like let's be real like it's hard for us to watch other games that aren't the Mavericks and for national people that have to cover the whole league I mean that makes it even harder for them to watch all these teams all the time and my theory is just a bunch of people that haven't been paying attention to the Mavericks other than Luka Good and the Kyrie trade uh, probably assumed that the team was a little bit better than they were. And mm-hmm. then when they see the news on Friday, they get shared that the team is giving up on the season with like the slimmest of, of, of hope to still qualify for the 10th seed and the play in. I think it just kind of smacked a bunch of people in the face that did not realize that the Mavericks were in such a great position. And then it started to lead to some, I think some more emotional and irrational takes than, they would have happened if they were someone that had been like us and had watched this team every, every possession, every minute uh, for the entire season, because, you know, we knew this team was bad. Like it's, that's why it didn't shock us. It's like, yes, this is the right move. This team is bad. The odds of them getting into 10th are so dramatically lower than I think the odds of them, like keeping the pick if they stay in the 10 spot and then moving up. Like I would rather take the odds of the 3% chance of winning the number one overall pick than whatever the odds were for the Mavericks uh, before Friday night's Bulls game to make the 10th seed, right? Like, I think most rational Mavs fans would have preferred that. So I think it was, I think it's just a combination of, you know, national media aren't necessarily watching every single Mavericks possession. And that it just it, – and it's weird. Like, I don't blame people for being uh, – Well, like, you watch – like, you watch the chaos yeah, that's, that's happening weird. today. So if you've not paid attention to anything that happened today, the Wolves sent Rudy Gobert home mid-game for punching someone. Jaden McDaniels, also a Wolves player, might have hurt his hand. Might have broke his hand. Might have broke his hand punching a wall. Uh, Bones Highland got into it on the sidelines with the um, with one of the one of the thirteen Plumley brothers. Yeah. So it's like when you see like weird stuff happening. The argument to be made that could Dallas win two playing games? Yes. Yes, they could. I still don't, I wouldn't put money on them winning two because that's hard. The teams were better, A. But then you just, it's it's hard to understand. One of the things I think that that really hurt us as Mavericks fans this year 
is that the there are elements of the last like the prior two seasons, so the Western Conference season and then the post the first coast uh, post COVID season that could be deemed outlier situations where the Mavericks won some games they maybe shouldn't. And now, and over a long enough course, that stuff always evens out with team talent. And what we saw this year was the Mavericks underperform, whereas in previous years they've overperformed. We all have been saying this kind of on repeat that, you know, if the Mavericks had won a couple more games, we wouldn't be in this position. And I still think that's true. But what this season has done in a really, really uncomfortable way for for casual fans is make note of just how poorly constructed this team was. Um, obviously, we've talked about that at ad nauseum, so there's really no point to revisit it right now, but it's just you, you look at it's sort of what Dallas opted to do, and it was the right choice. Now, why is everyone so up in arms over it? One of the things that became clear as I talked to more and more people is the brazenness of what the Mavericks did again, just like Mark Cuban saying in 2018 that they were going to tank caught up with them. That is why they, the NBA has to open an investigation. A couple people in the chat say, Hey, you know, uh, I wonder if they're going to take the pick from the Mavericks. The answer to that is no. David Aldridge, longtime sports reporter, put out an article today on the athletic, basically saying, if you really want to investigate the Mavericks, you're going to have to start investigating I don't know, 20 years of practice. Again, this is just like tampering. It's just for show because it was so. So, I mean, what the Spurs, the Spurs were missing their top eight guys. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like the, what the, the, what Portland did the other night just is bad. I'm sorry. It is. And I got my friend, Matt Moore, who was on the show the other night to come up and say, you know, I expect more from Luca. I think. And that was the conclusion he came to after thinking about this. He doesn't expect that from Dame. That's an interesting admission, I think, because it goes to sort of show you just what people think of Luca. And and I spent some time um, on a Slovenian uh, Twitter space this afternoon, ho- hosted by my my friend Matej. And this is just it 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 shouldn't have happened. You wrote about this. This whole season shouldn't have happened. But we're here now. And this is the last best hope the Mavericks have to do something. Yep. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of draft picks to trade. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of young talent to develop. Mm -hmm. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of cap room going forward. They have, this is the, this is the best opportunity this summer to infuse this team with talent, to give this Ross, to give this organization one last earnest shot to put a competitive team around Luca before we start getting into i mean we're in the danger zone but before we start getting into the the uncomfortable truth of luca having leverage to demand trades or just reaching the end of his contract I mean, mm-hmm. we're not and we I mean we're not that far i mean we're three more seasons you know from that uh, tim so. mcmahon of espn dallas who i have learned and i guess i'm just a little too close to this but i have learned that a lot of fans don't like tim a lot of fans think that Tim stirs the pot. I just got to be honest, guys. In terms of day-to-day beat reporting, and beat reporting is hard, okay? You're having to talk to people, and then you're having to criticize them in paper, and then you have to go back and talk to those same people. 
Tim McMahon might be the only regular antagonizer on the beat. And guys, I, I, I just have to say this out loud. The goal, the point of media is to push and get questions asked. If you want PR, you want public relations, you want to be told everything is fine. The Dallas Mavericks have a literal PR wing, as do every team. It is the job of these reporters to try to get questions answered and push. And Tim is the only one who, in my vein, has regularly done that over the last three to four years. And he wrote a piece the other night that says very firmly, the Mavericks have a year. They have next season. And that's just right now, because one of my friends brought up a really good point. Luca's going to be hearing how embarrassing the Mavericks are all summer. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's not going to be a fun. This is not going to be a fun summer. And that's why. Not for know. any of us. We all bet. That's why I'm saying this out loud is everybody better gird their loins to deal with the suck. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's goes to show why it was even more important for them to, to lose these two games. Cause I'm sorry, but like, imagine what would happen if they Luca and Kyrie played 40 minutes a night, these last two games. Uh, and you, you miss the play in and you're, you've got like the 12th best draft odds. So you're like, you're not having a draft pick with what you're, your second worst season in like five years and you're not having a, you don't even get a draft pick to, to compensate for that. Like, Oh my God. Like, I mean, it's just the alternative is just like, that's like, it's over and there's not, 
like there's nothing else to talk about like it's just waiting out running out the clock uh, at mm-hmm. least now we can like realistically look at a path where you think okay even it's if they marry yeah, it's a real it's, honest to god hail mary but it's you know it's at least something uh, and like at least having the 10th pick you can just you can trade that you can take a play like there's at least something to build on if they entered this summer with no draft pick and and still capped out and you know they only had two picks to trade but those are you know down the line draft picks that get cleared up i mean that's still that's that's bleak um so i mean this is their opportunity and yeah i mean the the sheen is, is is off. Like, I mean, the Mavericks have been steadily rising since they drafted Luca. You know, every season since Luca's been drafted, the next season has had a better winning percentage than the previous one. And so to be fair, like, despite our concerns, they have been able to push past that and be and win more games than the previous team for, you know, three or four consecutive years. And now that's that's done. And now I feel like the realities of the mistakes they've made over those past three to four years, it's like they all paid them back this one season mm. just, instead of spreading it out, you know, which is kind of, I mean, it really felt like all in about two weeks too, yeah. because you go back like the Monday to Friday, Tim Cato wrote a hell of a column post game column. You like, look at what's happened in about four to five to six days. And it's a lot of embarrassing shit at one time. Yeah. And it's crazy because I think you kind of alluded to this when you were talking earlier, they started, um, Rick Carlisle's last season. So the season before the Western conference finals, they started that year like nine and 14. And then the season with kid, they also started, I think like 500 or like a game, like they were like 15 and 16 at one point. So, and they started this season also poorly. Uh, you know, they were like 13 and 13, um, poorly as in like their expectations. So we're like, you know, they were able to rebound those two seasons, but you can't, you can't start seasons poor. Like eventually like you are who you are, right? Like, Mm -hmm it's kind of a miracle. I mean, what you've been talking about this for a while. Last season, they basically won like a, like a, like a 60 win team, like a 60 win rate uh, from like January 1st to the end of the year. And they kind of did something similar the year before that. And it's like, mm-hmm. how many more of these bad starts can you get off to before it's like, Oh, that turnaround's not happening. Yet. Especially well, when like the roster isn't getting better. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. Like, it's getting worse. And they don't have paths to make it better, which is why this yeah. was so important. Uh, you know, one guy regularly interacts with us online, Matt um, Matt Sullivan here, says that Tim didn't say they have a year before they Luca requests a trade. He said they could. He does doesn't mean it's a guarantee. That's such wishing in one hand and crapping in the other type of. It's like what's going to fill first? Do we think Luca's going to be happy with the team being worse? That's what all this drives me crazy about, guys. Hold the Mavericks accountable. Cuban has sold us such a bill of goods and everyone is so willing to buy it. You know, I'm getting told right now in the comments that, that in the post game, um, our friend Jeff skin Wade is mentioning how maybe the Mavericks could do a signing trade with Christian Wood. Why would, why, why would Wood do that? Maybe he could, but I want to know why he has no reason to help us. He was treated poorly by Jason Kidd. Well, and also that, I mean, that's not even his decision, right? That's whoever he... His agent also probably does. Yeah, right. Aid in the team, too. There's just so much... The other team has to want to do it. (laughs) I just, I feel so crazy, guys. Like, I don't want you guys to be, like, worried sick that we're going to lose Luka. I want it to be in your head that the Mavericks have put themselves in a position to lose Luka. That's what I'm getting at. It is a tough situation. It's a tough pill to swallow. There are things that haven't worked out. And then there are things they flat out should have done differently. Okay. And 
where we are now is looking, we're, we're going to try not to look back every time we're going to look ahead because we have roughly five weeks to until the draft lottery. And in the meantime, just because 80% is a, is a reason it's, it's a ma- straw, like it's a super majority. And then some we're going to behave like the Dallas Mavericks are going to keep that pick or have it to use or draft or move as an asset. And to, cause it just makes sense to one for my sanity Two for content because I like talking about basketball. Right. So that's what what we're that's what we're gonna do. Um, if they were able, you know, there's a lot of routes once they get that pick where it's like, okay, they jump into the top four by like the the sheer like by sheer luck. That changes things a ton. They stay at ten because those are the options. Top four, stay at ten. It's not like you could move up to nine for anybody that doesn't remember. Um, there's still a lot they could do with 10. Like number one, there's guys I like at 10, but I think that's when they really would consider moving it. Yeah, for sure. And it depends on who falls and who's there. I mean, yeah, we're, we've got a long, long ways to go before they get there. Um, you know, regardless, they're going to have two picks that they can trade, whether it's they keep their pick and they can trade it after they've made it kind of like what they did with the Christian Wood trade, you know, they technically didn't, mm-hmm. they technically made that pick and then traded it in terms of like the order of operations for the transaction. So, and if they don't keep it, if it's somehow, you know, if they get unlucky at 20% strikes, they move to 11 or 12 or whatever it is, uh, then I think they'll have 20, 2025 and 2027 to trade. Um, so, either way, they've got two picks to trade. We'll see what they do with it. But I mean, this is kind of funny, like, despite, like, I feel really not vindicated, but I feel, you know, like uh, kind of what we've been talking about with the roster and the talent, like like that part of me is still like bugged that it's gotten to this point uh, with the, the talent on this roster. Like, it's just, I look at it all the time these last couple of days and I'm just like, I can't believe it's gotten to this point when you have a player as good as Luca. And so on the, on one side, that part bums me out. On the other side, like, if they keep this pick, I still feel, I honestly think I feel more confident in their ability to build something versus maybe the last two or three summers combined. Like, I don't think I'll ever feel as, I mean, until the the trade demand comes in and we'll see what happens. But like that 2019 summer, that like, that broke my, my soul. (laughs) Like uh, the fact that what they did with that max cap room, it bothers me to this day. It might even require us to revisit it sometime you know, now that the season's over. Uh, but now, like, like having a top 10 pick, being able to trade another pick, being having Kyrie, like having an all-star teammate that they can re-sign, hopefully, like, I feel a little bit better than I have in years past. And the fact that I think, you know, that this group, I mean, again, it comes down to Cuban. But in terms of Kid and Nico, like, I don't feel as hopeless that they are committed to the same role players over and over and over again, just by judging reading between the lines of some of the comments those guys have made about the roster since they've been here. You know, there's, I think there's more opportunity for change than there has been for a while. And I'm not saying it's going to work out. I'm not saying the odds are better. I'm not saying it's good that the Mavericks have have reached this point, but uh, compared to like last summer or the summer before that, or even the one before that, I really do think there's an opportunity for him, for them to make wholesale changes that dramatically yeah. improve the roster. Like I do. I just I feel like we haven't been able to say that for a while, which is weird. So yes. uh, one 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 of our regular uh, friends in the chat, don't want to butcher the name, but um, Sto- Stoika, I don't know, says you know um, basically that 
I want Luca to leave because I hate Mark Cuban. <laughs> like two things. First, I don't hate Mark Cuban. I've Mark Cuban's been in my life since I was like four, 14 years old, roughly. Um, second, he just he annoys me, and he annoys me because he's wrong a lot. He fails up. Sorry, like he he's he wants to be GM, but he doesn't want to do the work to be GM because this is not his full time job. You can make the argument that he really paid attention to the most his first 10 years he owned the team. Since the championship, he has so much stuff, he doesn't do it. Second, of course, I don't want Luca to leave. Do you like Luca is why this happens? Like what you all of us are doing here, you know? Like, Luca is probably why our website is still in existence. That's that's correct. Like our uh, uh, SB Nation, uh, 30% of the websites this year. Part of why, like, a significant portion of why we have traffic and why we do what we do is because Luka Doncic exists. So I absolutely do not want Luka to leave. I know there's, like, I get these these amazing comments primarily from people who are overseas where it's like, well, Luka can leave right now because they don't, you know, they think it's like soccer transfer rules. And then I have other comments where where people are like, well, he's never going to leave because he's the most loyal guy on earth. And I'm just telling you, Tim McMahon is not getting this stuff out of nowhere. There are people involved in Luca's life, his dad, that talk to people left and right. Okay. And it's it, also Tim McMahon is currently writing a book about Luca. About <laughs> Luca Doncic. Yeah. So if he says if he says that the Mavericks have about a year to make this right before Luca really would would absolutely turn up the heat then I believe him. The other thing is, I'm sure he has the heat turned up right now because they just missed the playoffs. <laughs> so right. it's like, I, the, I I always very much appreciate these comments I, because again, the interactivity is what makes this site what I want to do differently. So I very much appreciate when people message me. We can feel free to disagree and not be pissy with one another because in the end, we don't matter. And then we also don't have any say. So I just I wanted to, to to throw that out there because I thought that was an interesting comment because I've actually gotten that a couple of times, not from from our friend there. And then second, Dirk actually has said on the record that he would have asked for a trade if the Mavericks didn't win in 2011. Um, that's that's something he has said on the record. So um trying to think what else is is, you know, this is how prepared we are for this. Um, well, it's more it's more just like how much do we want to talk on this pod like we've got well i do yeah i think we should maybe like like we've got a lot of other stuff we can just spread out over some time because we've got we t- we've got the time now yeah yeah i think we should probably do like maybe a couple stages um recap of in the coming weeks about uh you know how the season kind of got to this point i i felt that that harp did a nice job on the broadcast today kind of talking about how it's really easy to think that because you get to the western conference finals you can just do it again um and what the mavericks tried as a hail mary at the you know right before the trade deadline with Kyrie didn't work and i'm going to be continually frustrated all season all off season if it constantly comes back to Kyrie. i i Kyrie was not the problem Kyrie was excellent he was just excellent. And and that that narrative is going to drive me nuts during the offseason. Um I, I uh, what do you what what are you thinking right now? Yeah, uh it's funny Kyrie declined to enter to talk to media. I just saw that pop on my timeline. So that's only going to make that yeah. narrative grow. It's going to keep going. But I'm the sure questions are going to be, are you going to resign? And he's going to say no. So it's like, why am I even gonna why even talk? So right. That's, like that's why would you yeah. You know, there's a degree of Mark Cuban saying in that thing, I, you know, we probably shouldn't talk about individual players after he'd already talked about Kyrie, but 
there's just no point. Like the market for Kyrie is going to be so weird. It's going to really be dependent on how other teams do in the playoffs. I think. Right. Cause it's going to, you know, how desperate are those teams going to be? Like if, if the Suns somehow fall short of like a conference finals, are they going to be more desperate to change things up? Like, we don't know, like playoff teams with expectations that don't perform well in the playoffs or overperform that drastically changes their off season outlook. I mean, good Lord, look mm-hmm. at us. I mean, they, <laughs> they certainly felt pretty confident going into last summer that they were, they were riding high and they didn't need to make big changes and, we saw where that landed them. And then on the flip side, we've seen teams hit the panic button after a bad playoff series. So we'll see. Well, it's, it's so rel- the path the Mavs have to avoid now, in my opinion, if we're, we're looking big picture is they have to avoid the path of the Hawks. They have to avoid the path of the Portland trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're down the path of both yeah. those teams. So how do you pull up? is the question. And I don't really have a good answer for that outside of sort of wholesale roster changes. I mean, one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about in our live show was after game 81. So the previous game, Jason Kidd actually made a comment about how most of these guys aren't going to be back next year, which with one game to go might be the funniest thing he said all year because he had to go coach them again. (laughs) Right. All those, and you know, we know this, they know this, they're professionals. There's probably elements of this that I don't understand, but I'm just like having a hard time. If, if like on a Tuesday afternoon, my boss was like, These guys aren't going to be here next week, like, how would I go into work the rest of the week? What is going on? Right. I might, hey, that might explain, um, how those end of the bench guys played today, <laughs> their motivation to play in this game mm-hmm. today. So. Oh, it's going to be funny. Uh, I, I will say, just kind of looking at the box score again, um, I'm I'm really inching towards actually being interested in Jaden Hardy, long-term basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, also, A.J. Lawson, um, basketball player. It was fun. He was fun today. He's just fun. Like, He's athleticism, yeah. athleticism has just... <sighs> it's lacked on this team for for 20 years and they've done fine so maybe i'm overrating it but i like seeing it it'd be fun it'd be fun just to have like one or two guys like that i mean we're seeing with josh green right like yeah there's some things he still has to work on but his athleticism definitely is just allows him to do some things that other guys on the roster can't um of course you know you gotta pair that with some skill and and development but see but yeah I, i feel the same way um you know i think hardy's rookie season regardless of what we feel about him long-term, I think knowing how the league works, I mean, it's huge that he was able, like, he is now something to, to work with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can trade him for something or keep develop him for something. Like, yeah. you know, before the season started, he was kind of a question mark. Like who knows? He's 37th overall pick. You know, you like the talent, but you never know. So the fact that he was able to, to kind of show something so quickly opens up another path of the Mavericks didn't have the last two summers. You know, they didn't have a single young guy they they could trade besides Jalen Brunson. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll see how that works out going forward. Yeah. Well, all right. We're almost at about a half hour, which is longer than this game deserved. Uh, I'm going to do a post-game show here. 
where you guys can come up and participate. It'll be our group therapy, I guess. That'll be the episode. The Mavericks did lose, but we sort of wanted them to lose. Um, it's always weird how I'm going to do that. I've not yet scheduled it, but I want, you know, pay attention to the the YouTube feed. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. This is this is fun. Um, we're up to pretty good amount of subscribers. I'm very delighted with where we're at. Those of you listening on the podcast, um, I'm going to try to start doing uh, the Moneyball Minutes again, even though I can't call it that now. Um, well, I guess I could, but it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense because we have a different podcast name. I'm going to start doing those again just with with things around the um, league. Just they're, you know, seven to ten minutes about what, you know, we're seeing out there. Those won't be YouTube shows uh, just because that would be like me talking into a YouTube screen to be weird. But we'd appreciate if you guys uh, would come back for the live show. I'm probably going to cap it at like a half hour tonight. I did two hours the other night on that other show, and I was just wiped the next day. So <laughs> probably keep like a short show tonight, and then we'll do – I'll probably do you know at least a, a live show with just me and fan participation at least once a week because it's fun. Um, we picked a hell of a time to start a YouTube channel. I feel kind of stupid about that, but – uh in the chat says what's the link to the live show i haven't made it yet because i don't know what time i'm going to do it at like my wife is so tired of me doing this so it's like i have to thread the needle so if i get to put our son to bed tonight then it's probably going to be at about 8 p.m um if it as if it's not if if she's going to put our son to bed tonight it'll probably be like 7 15 ish uh it just it depends so thank you so much for for hanging out uh you know go to all the different platforms and give us a rating and review, leave comments. Those sorts of things are very, very helpful. We have so much to talk about. Uh, don't even know where we're going to start. I'm actually going to have to prepare for these podcasts for once instead of just coming in willy nilly. Josh, you got anything else? No, let's 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 get out of here. Season's let's over. get out of here. Woo, 2022, 23 season out of close, off season, and really a break. So everybody enjoy themselves and uh, we'll pop back in for the live show. Just be looking for it, uh, and and you know hopefully I'll uh, have it up shortly as to what time it'll be. All right, bye guys.